Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved anywhere in the world by calling 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BOND. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. And uh, put your name in town, name in town on your emails. Good morning again, everybody. It's nice to be here, huh? Yes, it is. John, you're back. Wow. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry about that. You're back sooner rather than later. That's right. He was on a long extended vacation. What happened? Uh, well, we were about to take off. You and your wife. My wife and me, and uh, the usual crap happened. Your wife gave you crap. Yeah, that's right. And I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm tired of it. I don't want. I don't want to. You know, <laughs> I don't want to continue living like this. I don't. Right. Okay. So I packed up and left. That's it. So, how long have you been married? 50 years. 50 years? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's normally when you see a glimpse of hope in your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> so, you just ended the vacation? Yep. And what did she say? Well, I mean, she was obviously, you know, completely fed up. <laughs> I mean, that's not going on vacation. Oh, man. You know? So how you feel about it now? Well, uh, is, it, 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 I mean, I had to, I had to, I had to do that. Like I said, I don't yeah. live like this anymore, because you know these situations that caused me to leave just keep reappearing out yeah. of the blue, out of the blue, and I don't, I don't want it anymore. Wow. I do not want it. Anymore. So you're not ending your marriage; you're just in the vacation. Yes. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> Wow, well, good for you, yeah, but, man. But it seemed, I also would like to add. So, did you cry while you were driving back home? Were you like driving down the freeway crying? No, <laughs> no. Uh, and from here on forward, you see, uh, when I didn't speak up or just simply say when I, what I needed to say, what came to mind to say, I'm just going to do it. To hell with whatever the outcome might be. Wow. But I know what the outcome is going to be. It's, Always a, a big, uh, you know, a big hassle. <laughs> that's that's honestly the reason why I didn't speak up. You know, I mean, one hassle after another, after yeah. another, after another. But but you know what? If you don't do it, nothing will change. That's right. And the situations that have been happening will simply reoccur over and over again until I drop into the grave. That's it. <laughs> so 50 years later, you decide to speak up. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what it, that's that's what it is. Wow! Remind me not to get married. <laughs> if I ever tell you guys I'm getting married, know that someone put something in my drink. <laughs> know that something happened to me, and somebody saved me. All right. Well, if I get married, I'm gonna marry an old woman. Huh? So what? Robert, you like to have a mic? <laughs> I said you would have to because you're old. I would have to marry an old woman? Yes. I would never marry an old woman. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. 
An old woman can't have children. Isn't that right? Yeah, as far as I know. So why would I want to marry an old woman? I was just joking. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> the only purpose to get married is to have children, right? There's no other reason to be married. Companionship. Companionship? Yeah. I could get that with the dog. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> less problem. Okay, I'm, I'm done. And less problem that I can leave him outside at night. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But companionship. What kind of companionship? Doing, thing, doing things together, whatever you have in common, if you have something in common. Um, but me and a husband and wife don't have anything in common. Okay, maybe you've been dating the wrong women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, it might, I'm sure. Exceptions to the rule, folks. All right? But I don't know one couple that have something in common. They pretend they do until they get married. <laughs> have you noticed that? To some degree, yes. <laughs> do, you know, do you know married people and married people? Yes. Do they have anything in common? The men are pretending to. The men are pretending to have something, yeah. but really don't. No, they really don't. Yeah. Yeah. And do the women have anything? Well, they, they do things to appease the woman. Yeah. So that they can get what they want. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. So they really don't have good companionship. Most of them don't. Right. So it's best to just call up a friend and say, hey, let's hang out today. And at the end of the day, they go their way, you go yours. Yeah, but I remember some years ago, you said if you're single and you still have lust in you, that um, it's best to be it's married. It's best to be married. Yeah, if you're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay. Because otherwise, you're going to suffer greatly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to do, do that stuff, then be married. If you have control of yourself, don't be married. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hang out with a spot. <laughs> But marriage can be nice. I don't want to put down marriage. Thank you. After 50 years, it can be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's still hope. Yeah, that's still hope, John. Uh, can you imagine after 50 years, you and your wife would start being happy together? Well, this, I mean, I tell you honestly, it would be great. Yeah. It really would be great, you know, but... Uh, well, I'm glad you stuck it out so far. Uh, say it again, I'm sorry? I'm glad you, you hung in there. You've hung in there so far. Yes. You're a better man than me. Well, uh, in, in <laughs> other words, you, you were talking about those, you know, playing those pianos, like what you mentioned to her. Yes. I mean, you really can learn something if you don't right. run off completely. Yeah. Just drop the whole thing and get a divorce and move on. Yeah. You know? I have a family member. Uh, she and her husband been married for 50 years. And the husband, he just had given up. And he liked me to come around so I could help him with his wife. <laughs> and he'd get mad at me if I don't come around. They call me over sometime for the holidays, and I say, oh, I'm not going to be in town. He always oh, out of town. <laughs> I said, so what do you want? I need somebody to talk to. <laughs> because the wife and the kids have turned completely against him. Isn't that sad? And they've been married for 50 years. Did you say, did you? I've been married for 50 years. You've been married for 50 years? 50 years. So what has it been for you? Great. Great? 
podcast. Oh, good. So you obey your husband? We obey each other. You obey each other? What does that mean? We obey each other. We um, respect each other. And uh, we both, we love God. So we are oh, Christians and we walk in the light. So right I'm on. very happy. I'm glad to hear that. You have children too? We have two children, three grandchildren, and one great grand. Wow. And they love their father? They love him. Right on. Well, I, th that's why I always say there's exceptions to the rule. It's not everybody. Yes. Well, God bless you. Yeah. Maybe I can have you talk to John and, <laughs> <laughs> and give him a few pointers, pointers on what to do. Wow. Have you been a difficult man to live with? Yes. Would your wife say you've been yes. difficult? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. At, uh, in the, certainly in the beginning. Yeah. It was very difficult to live with. Right. And my wife wanted to divorce me, actually, at that time. And what made you difficult? How were you, how were, how were you difficult in the beginning? Well, the reason why is because, you know, I learned to deal, and I, I wanted to deal with my wife the right way, so to say, but it was all mechanical. Oh, I see. Totally mechanical. Yeah. All, all coming out of my thoughts and nowhere else, okay? And... Uh, I mean, that makes it difficult to live with anybody like that. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, you know what it is? You can drive people crazy doing that. It will. You know? It's like being married to a, a Christian, and they just quote the scriptures but don't live it. Right. That's one problem that I know a couple going through right now. This particular guy, his wife goes to church every day. And she's always in the Bible. It's just mean as hell. <laughs> and he can't stand it. Knowing... Just knowing and, and I mean, so you, knowledge alone ain't going to do it. Yeah. Just not going <laughs> to. It will not do it. Period. Are you getting better now? Well, I've been able to deal with my wife uh, uh, in a different way than I have. You know, I'm not. I'm not doing that what I used to do for sure. Yeah. Did you apologize to her for being yes, so messed up? Oh, yes, I did. I yeah. apologized for, for you know, doing what I did in the past. Oh, okay. Well, good. I wish you well, man. You got another 50 years to do. Well, I, w I have to add one thing to that. God willing. <laughs> and the creek don't rise. I had a question I wanted to ask Forrest, but Forrest is not here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh how'd you get way over here? I'm used to you being back there. I, I would think I read, uh, I read a book, and it talked about this particular woman said that her father died and she wasn't raised by her dad. And she had looked for him. I'm going to have her on my show, radio show. She had looked for him for years. And when he died, she finally found him. And when, when he died, she had a funeral for him. And nobody showed up to the funeral. But when her mother died, everybody showed up to the funeral. And I don't know why I thought of you. <laughs> That's exactly, That's exactly what when you die, would anybody show up? Nobody. Nobody would show up? No. And why not? Um, they'd have some sort of a grudge, and maybe rightfully so. They have a grudge against you? Yeah, possibly. Oh. And what have you done to cost a grudge? I clear out, uh, I clear out my friends. I move, uh, push them away. Oh, you do? Yeah. Intentionally? No. So why do you clear them out and push them away? Um, initially, it was because uh, um, 
when friends left me, it was very hurtful, so I would push them away first before they hurt me. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I, got, I get them first, you know. Yeah. Especially with girlfriends. Yeah. <clears throat> and so when you die, we got to do something about that before you die. Because somebody needs to show I'm not, up. I'm not doing that now. Oh. I'm not, I'm not doing that now. You're making friends now. Yeah, I just got back from Oregon for a couple of weeks. And I'm, one of the things I wanted to do was make friends, just show up anonymously and make, make friends. And oh, I, yeah. I made a lot of contacts. And oh, good. It was fun. It was fun. But maybe that's why I thought of you then. Because yeah. when I read that, right away I thought of Forrest. I said, I wonder if anybody show up to Forrest's funeral. <laughs> yeah, when, and now I see why. If Christine ever dies, there'll be 50,000 people there. Yeah, you know? your wife. And there'll be th three people there. <laughs> Kelly, Doug, and Scott. Well, maybe they won't even be there. I know. <laughs> I'm about to say we probably have to convince Scott to come. <laughs> hey, Scott, you better come to your dad's funeral. Well, good, man. I'm glad you cleared that up. I, uh, anything else? No. I have a lot of stuff I want to just read to you this morning and hopefully this will help you and then I'll tell you why I wanted to just read it to you um, when I read it it was good reading for me and so I'd like to share it with you and I know some of you, you know some of you have been traumatized by the church you don't like you don't like to go to church and somebody read the Bible to you but I want to do this for a minute uh, and uh, anybody here know how to read really well Loud. Put your hand down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot right now. Nah. <laughs> no, I know you're a good reader, Raymond. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think I have Kelly read the first part. And uh, Ted, you know how to read? You can? Okay. You notice I'm not asking any black person. Do you know how to read? Uh, right here with the black shirt. You know how to read? You know how to come and read? Why not? No, I don't want to. We want to show the white people we know how to read. It's okay. <laughs> I don't have to prove anything. I've been reading better on the radio. Uh -huh. And one day I was reading so well, I said, wow. I told Andre, I sound like a white man reading. <laughs> it was just flowing. And the moment I noticed it, then I messed up. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, come and read Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter 3, 1 through uh, 12 first. Oh, I'm sorry, right here, starting here and ending here. Proverbs what? 3, 1 through 12. And I just want you to listen, relax, and listen. You can have your Bible, but make sure you listen to this. How to acquire wisdom. My child, do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my principles, since they will increase your length of days, your years of life, and your well-being. Let faithful love and constancy never leave you. Tie them round your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Thus you will find favor and success in the sight of God and of people. Trust wholeheartedly in Yahweh. Put no faith in your own perception. Acknowledge him in every course you take and he will see that your paths are smooth. Do not congr congratulate yourself on your own wisdom. Fear Yahweh and turn your back on evil. 
health giving this to your body, relief to your bones. Honor Yahweh with what goods you have and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with corn, your vats overflowing with new wine. My child, do not scorn correction from Yahweh, do not resent his reproof, for Yahweh reproves those he loves as a father of the child whom he loves. Thank you, Kelly. Give it back to Robert. Um, the, the love thing, when you forgive, when you let your resentment go, you will have love, and that's all you will operate in. Uh, the giving thing, I'm sure most of you already give, right? You donate and stuff like that. But the thing that I wanted to uh, point out is that I noticed that most people don't like to be corrected. You really just hate it when someone corrects you. And as long as you feel that way about it, you're never going to be free. Because the only reason you hate it is because it's true. All right? And somehow or another, you got to find that place in life where, and let's say that someone is correcting you and what they're saying is not true about you. You still have to learn not to be angry about that. Not to be angry about it. Uh, Because when you can't accept correction, when God allows you to see yourself, your wrong self, you're not going to want to see that either because there's nothing good in you. You're no good through and through, right? And so when God, you say, oh, Lord, let me see myself right. And he let you see it, then you get mad at God because you don't want to see that because you hate correction. And a whole lot of people, they love you until you tell them the truth about themselves. And I don't understand that. I mean, I do understand that's the ego that hate and correct. And that's the nature of Satan uh, wanting to be God. And Satan, you cannot correct Satan. And that's what the problem is. And those who hate correction, you are the sons and daughter of Satan. Isn't that right? Why are y'all looking so crazy there? <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. I think I have Ed read. Now, this is a long read. I was going to have Kent read it, but look like he, he doesn't look right. <laughs> he's dressed like he's going to the beach and uh, so Ed I mean uh, Ed Ted 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 come up and read this for me uh, Ted. yeah can't look like he's going to the, do I need this be, yes look like he's going to the beach and, and I don't want him on TV looking like that how come white people don't like to dress up and go to church well, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm white. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are. Right on. <laughs> now, this is a long one. How come you're not wearing a tie? Because uh, I'm being a soul brother today. Oh. And soul brothers don't wear ties. What kind of, what Bible is this? This is, um, this, is different than my this is New Jerusalem Bible. I like this one better than I like the other one. Uh, because it's plainer, I think. Uh, here we go. I want you to read the life of the Spirit, this is Roman 8, 1 through 30. Now, that's a lot of reading, huh? That's a lot of reading. Yeah. So, Bible people, don't get mad if you hate the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. It, it's, it is... Uh, 1 through 30, I see, right there. Yeah, right here. Oh, well, through 1 through 27. Let me see. Da, 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 da. 
You went all the way from the beginning. Romans. Yeah, Romans 1. 8, 1 through 27. Eight, uh, Romans 8, verse 1. 1 through, um, right there, 30. 1 through 30. Okay. Starting right here. Right? Starting right there. Okay. Are you going to be able to do that? I'll, I'll try. Okay. And be loud so they can hear you. Not too loud, but be loud. Is this thing on? Yeah, it's on. All right. This is Romans, written by the Apostle Paul, right? Uh, the Christian spiritual life, uh, the life of the spirit. Thus, condemnation will never come to those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit, which gives life in Christ Jesus, has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do because of the weakness of human nature, God did sending his own son in the same human nature as any sinner to be a sacrifice for sin and condemning sin in that human nature. This was so the law requirements might be fully satisfied in us as we direct our lives, not by our natural inclinations, but by the Spirit. Those who are living by their natural inclinations have their minds on the things human nature desires. Those who live in the spirit have their minds on spiritual things. And human nature has nothing to look forward to but death, while the spirit looks forward to life and peace. Because the outlook of disordered human nature is opposed to God, since it, since it does not submit to God's law. And indeed, it cannot. And, lo and those who live by their natural inclinations can never be pleasing to God. You, however, live not by your natural inc inclinations, but by the Spirit, since the Spirit of God has made a home in you. Indeed, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But when Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive because you have been justified. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from, from the dead has made his home in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit living in you. So then, my brothers, we have no obligation to human nature to be dominated by it. If you do live in that way, you are doomed to die. But if by the spirit you put to death the habits originating in the body, you will have life children of God. All who are guided by the Spirit of God are sons of God's. For, for what you received was not the spirit of slavery to bring you back into fear. You received the spirit of adoption, enabling us to cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself joins with our spirit to bear witness that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, provided that we share his suffering so as to share his glory. Glory is our destiny. In my estimation, all that we suffer in the present time is nothing in comparison with the glory which is destined to be disclosed for us. For the whole creation is waiting with eagerness for the children of God to be revealed. It was not for its own purposes that 
creation had frustration imposed on it, but for the purpose of purposes of him who imposed it, with the intention that the whole creation itself might be freed from its slavery to corruption and brought into the same glorious freedom as children of God, as the children of God. We are well aware that the whole creation until this time has been groaning in labor pains. And not only that, we too have the who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we are groaning inside ourselves, waiting with eager, eagerness for our bodies to be set free. In hope, we already have salvation. In hope, not visibly present, or we should not be hoping. Nobody goes on hoping for something which he can already see. But having this hope for what we cannot yet see, we are able to wait for it with persevering confidence. And as well as this, the Spirit too comes to help us with our weaknesses. For when, for when we do not know how to pray properly, then the Spirit personally makes our petitions for us in groans that, that cannot be put into words. And he who can see into all hearts knows what the Spirit mean, means because the prayer that the Spirit makes for God's holy people are always in accordance with the mind of God. God has called us to share his glory. We are well aware that God works with those who love him, those who have been called in accordance with his purpose, and turns everything to their good. He decided beforehand who were the ones destined to be molded to the pattern of his son, so that he should be the eldest of many brothers. It was those so destined that he called, those that he called he justified, and those that he has justified he has brought to glory. I actually, I actually like the King James better than... I'll hear that too. Uh, thank you, Ted. Um, feedback from that. Yes, sir. Well, I see a whole bunch of things in there, but one thing I, I noticed that I never noticed before was, what is that, Romans what? Eight. From one thing that I noticed uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but uh, I do. Uh, one thing I noticed was that uh, what it said about the eldest brothers there towards the end. Where was that? Uh, uh, where it refers to Christ as the eldest brother. Where, what part is that? Uh, 20, 25. Oh, 28. 28. Verse 28. Well, see, now it doesn't say that in this one here. Verse 28? Yeah. But anyhow, I just, that's one thing I noticed there. It referred to Christ as the, is, is our eldest brother. So I think yeah. That's one thing that I noticed right Did there. Did you people already know that? Christ is our brother? Did you know that before today, Ted? Well, I knew that. I know that. Yeah. But I, 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 I've read this before, but I yeah. hadn't seen that. The one thing about seeing him as your brother, it allows you to know that you can live the way he lived. And even greater works here you do because you don't have him as your God. He is your brother. God is our God. 
And uh, the same thing that he did, the way he lived, we can live that way too, and even better, because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to guide us. But some people have put him as God, and you never can reach, you know, you can't be God, but you can definitely have a brother yes. Christ and be like him. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's very unfortunate that, that, that most of Christianity is deceived that way. Yes. It's very deceived. It really, really is. It really, really is. Feedback from that. Did anybody get anything from that? Or you want, to, you want me to tell you what I got? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I got that too. Yes, sir. What I've read, uh, what I perceive, I read, uh, read, uh, heard, is that we must, oh, we must acknowledge our spiritual or uh, our spiritual origin over our carnal or carnal yeah, nature. That's right. Because our carnal nature is fine, uh, is extremely finite and so full of more have more holes than switch cheese. That's while right. Our infinite na- while our infinite nature may be even. St- uh, though we may not, we have yet to know it, may very well be as strong, as more solid than the rock of Gibraltar. Speaking of Swiss cheese, where's your hair? <laughs> Had a haircut. You cut it all off. Mm-hmm. That's good. Are you right about that, man? Right here, John. Andre's asking, what's the point of life if God has already chosen who's going to be his son and who's not? What's the point of what? Life. Life if God has what's already chosen... Yes, yeah. and what's the point to want to change to be good if God has already been chosen? <laughs> this was Andre is asking. asking. Um, is he testing you this? Yeah. Um, what's the point of life if God has already chosen the ones that he wants anyway, right? Uh, the point, no, I almost made a joke. I started saying the point of life is for you to be here to suffer so we can see that we are on the right track. Isn't that cool? <laughs> but see, uh, Christ made it possible that all may be free if they are willing to be free. You know, through him, we can all be born again or be saved from sin. So, and yes, there are those who will not accept that, of course. So I don't know what he means by that. There are some people he has set aside, God has set aside to do a special job, you know, they have a special calling on them, and, and, and that is for those people to point the right way back to God, but we all can be free uh, if we want to. But God has some people he chose, right? Just cup, just chosen ones are going to go next to him. No, the, well, the chosen ones are the ones to help those who are lost to find their way. It doesn't mean the chosen one are the only one that's set aside to go to heaven. So if you want through what Jesus went through, if you want everyone, I mean, not you, if everyone wants, they can be good people and they can have that perfect peace, right? If they want to admit that they are wrong and that they are not God so that they can find the right way, yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So tell, tell your husband to back off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, a good question. Uh, yes. God's chosen people, who knows who they are? Are you? Am I? Who, who knows that? Nobody knows that. You can recognize it when you see it. 
Yeah, you can't recognize as, when it's here. Well, some people will recognize it and others won't. Just like when Christ was walking around, some people recognized who he was, others didn't. Yeah, but in, in other words, if you don't know if you're chosen or not, then you have no idea. Should you give up wanting uh, uh, that life? To be chosen? Yes. Um, should you give up wanting to be chosen? Yeah, in other words, in other words, uh, how, well, I can't say it any, any other way than what I said. You, you do not know if you're chosen. So uh, that means... Do you mean like chosen to be born again or chosen to carry chosen, out chosen a, mission, by, a mission for God? Yeah, chosen by God. Uh, if if, if it saved. happened to you, you would know it. You already have the opportunity to be saved. Christ came that all may be saved. Oh, see. So, but chosen, he chooses people to do his mission, to carry out work for him. Oh, I see. He's like, he is like hiring oh, someone. I see. That's what you mean by chosen, yes. I, I hope. But what you mentioned is, you know, uh, What's the point? Uh, <laughs> desiring the life and wishing and wanting it. Uh, if I you, don't know. If, I don't know. Already, if, in other words, but if, God, if God has already chosen the people, what's the point in trying? Isn't that what you mean? Yeah. yeah well, but you but mean, don't know if you're chosen or not. See. But but John, I think he hopefully you mean chosen to do work for God, but not chosen to be born again. That what you mean? I think he means to be born again because right. he says the Bible right. says the Bible says that God has already chosen who's going to be. Because God already know who will accept him and he won't. He knows everything. So he knows that there are some knuckleheads out there that would never accept him. And also another question. He knows so everything. A child that's been born in a Muslim family that will probably never get the chance to know Christ, that's right? That's a good that question. That child has, doesn't have it's not chosen, we can tell. A child that's been in every generation, I don't, it doesn't matter what religion they're tied up in or whatever, somebody in there knows something's wrong with what's going on because God is with them. They, they may be a monster group, but they don't quite fit in. They may be a part of it, born into that mess, but they know that there's something's not right. I've been a Christian all my life, I think. Well, I think I became a Christian at 15, but yet I knew I really wasn't a Christian. Even though I had said it and was, you know, acting like it a little bit, I knew that I wasn't born again yet because I was still sinning. I still had anger. I had conflict. Even though I had, at 15, had said I believed in God, right? But nothing changed. And so even though I lost everybody that was carrying on as though they had changed, I still knew I had not. And so that's how it is in every group, every family, every group. Doesn't doesn't matter that it's the Muslim world. That's why you see a lot of there are Muslims who are leaving that religion because they've always known that there was something wrong with it. God is with us. You don't have to worry about that, and they don't have to hear the the word from the Bible. It's in their heart. They have a, a the the a conscience, which is the mind of God, and He's like there protecting them, letting them know, just waiting on that moment so He can free them up. But a lot of people think you got to go out and just preach the Bible around the world. If not, the people are not going to know the truth. That's not true. It's in us. It's in us already. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Within us, he has already given us uh, uh, a conscience, an awareness of what is right.
and he kind of warned us when we were doing wrong. And he's always been there trying to guide us, but because some people are so uh, into their ego, they don't listen to, you know, what is right to do. They go with, as the Bible talked about here, that, that human nature, that ego nature, which is not of God. But he would warn you over and over, and then if you just want to do what you want to do, he said, okay. He'll stop warning you and let you do what you want to do, and maybe suffering will cause you to come back to him or to wake up to what's going on. Because some people have to suffer before they can wake up. They don't listen to their conscience. You know, have you ever had a situation where something was saying, don't do this, and then you do it anyway? Satan will come right back and say, yeah, I'll do it, or someone else will convince you to do it. And then once you do it, you realize, wow, I knew not to do that. That's God being with you, trying to warn you. When I woke up, when I really, when God changed my life, I realized that he had always been with me. Always. Even when I was walking down the road in Alabama at midnight, and I would be thinking things. Well, he was there then, but I just couldn't see it clearly. I didn't understand what was going on, but he has always been with me. And once you let go of your ego, you would realize that too, that he was always there. But when you die from your ego, all worries are put aside. There's no such thing as worry. Or the human nature. I was surprised nobody mentioned the human nature thing that he read about. Have you guys noticed that inside of you is nothing but wickedness? Anybody here ever seen anything good inside of yourself? <laughs> human nature is wicked to the core. Have you noticed that about yourself? No? You notice that, Mister? It might be something good, right? I mean, so what? You might see something good. Have you ever seen anything good about yourself? Uh, I can't really think of anything. Right. Because you ain't no darn good. About to make me cuss. There's nothing good about you. You can't trust human nature. So you can't think of one thing you've seen good about yourself, right? No, I can't really. How does it feel to know you, you're no good? You don't want to accept that? No, I've been seeing that for years. That you're no good? Yeah, but it's just the, the thing that I'm kind of hung up with is to say that someone has, they have nothing good <laughs> about them. I don't know if that's necessarily true, you know. I, some reason it seemed like there has to be something. No, it's not. When you find something good about yourself, you write it down and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Will you do that? Uh, I'll do that. How about you in the back? Anything good about you? Um, well, the one thing that comes to mind was when my uh, mother was going through some financial hardships. I helped her out to get her back on her feet. And that that's what first came to mind that's what came to mind yes and why did you do that um, because I saw somebody that was in need and I was in a position to help her so right that's and and so you consider that as being something good about you uh, yes oh okay um, that's a very good example let me let some of the holy ones respond to that oh holy ones how, what's your response to that? You want to respond to that for us? No, I want to respond to 
something else. Oh, okay, your Ken, question, how do you respond question. to what he said? Wait till you get to you with the mic. Well, well I guess respond to what? He said that when I said there's no good in anyone, he thought of when his mother was in a financial situation, he uh, uh, helped her out, and that meant that there was something good about him. I guess I would ask, why, why does that mean there's something good about you? No, that's not the question. Do you think that's a, is that, is that an indication that there's something good about him? No. It's not, why not? Because it doesn't mean anything. To me, it does, it, he did something. No, but he doesn't understand. For him to understand it, why you say no to it? Um, I, I guess it's because it's, I'm not really sure, but my, my looking at things is that it's something that happened, but it, it doesn't mean you're good and that even the action itself was good. It, it might have resulted in a benefit to your mom, but it's, it's not in and of itself a, a good thing. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're a good person or, or anything like that. Uh, is there any good in you? No. None at all? No. It, is it easy to accept that? Yeah. It is? Yeah. Let me just say, most of the time, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most, when people do things like that, they're doing it out of guilt, or they're doing it to get a good feeling from it, or they're doing it to, uh, to please someone else. The motive behind it, not all the time, but most of the time, is no good. It's not, they're doing it to get something back from that. And as long as you operate it in your human nature, it's very selfish. It's always, always about you and never about the other person. That make sense? Yes. I'm talking about it. Yeah, does that make sense a little bit? It does, but I saw it as a, you know, me being in a position to... Yeah, you know. I understand what you're saying. And it was a, I'm glad you did it. But I want you to watch yourself to see your motive behind things. Right. Because there is a time to help. And I wasn't expecting anything in return for yeah. it. So. Yeah. Well, this is not like a decent action, that's for sure. But most of the time when people do things, uh, they have a hidden agenda. They may not even re reveal that agenda, but it's there. And so that's why it's so important that we watch ourselves so that we can lay down or overcome that human nature, which is a pride with love to be rewarded by the things that it does and all that kind of stuff. All right? Yes, ma'am. Um, oh, I got, I'll come to you next. You're standing on that side so I don't see you. Go right here first. Um, <clears throat> something that I learned from your radio show, one of your callers called in was saying she couldn't remember something she read it over and over again and she couldn't remember it and she was thinking what's what's going on here and then she realized she was looking for a feeling right from it. and ever since yeah. then, I've, I've been looking like why i can't do the right thing i'm looking for a feeling that's right i can't get that one thing about the spiritual life there is there is no feeling there are no feelings in anything that you do it really not it's that you just see the right thing to do and do it. And then um, uh, and you see the wrong things not to do and don't do them. But there is no feeling. That's what's so good about it because there is no, there is no hidden, hidden motive. And so if the people like you for what you do, fine. If they don't, fine. If your parents say, thank you, great job, son, fine. 
if they don't find because you gave it because you saw a need and that and you gave it and God reward you greatly for that kind of stuff and a lot of times it's just hard to do something if you don't have that feeling yeah that's that human nature is always looking to be rewarded and God tell us not to be like those folks because they get their reward then they get it from the feelings they get it from someone saying right on to you great job I feel the same way about the people who say right on Jesse as I do those who say, I hate you, you're Uncle Tom. I do. I feel the same way about both because what I realize that those who, who reward you, they could turn on you just like that and you would have gotten this feeling and now you're mad at them because you thought they were a friend or you thought they were, you know, you can trust them. You can't trust mankind or womankind. And when you're born again of the Spirit, you don't need to trust them. Let me take here first, and then I'll come back to you. You don't need to trust them. That's why we got to be of the Spirit. You must be born again. And the thing that I love about this reading is that it just clearly lays out for me how much God loves us and how much He wants us to be with Him. He, really, he gave His Son for us. Uh, he gave us a teacher within just imagine you have a teacher that is always with you. He teaches you everything. Provide for you. Perfect your life. He's there for you, with us always. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to run to a book. You don't have to call someone. He's there. God did that for us. But you must be born again of the Spirit. You've got to lay down that human nature. Yes, sir. It seems to me... Speak into the mic, buddy. It seems to me if... If um, if one realizes that one is evil and there's no there's nothing good about a, a person like myself and there's nothing good there, um, then let's say that there is a part of me. There's something in me that recognizes the benevolence and the greatness and the goodness of God. To that extent, there is something good. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to recognize something good. Right. And that's what he read about the hope thing. People who are seeking God, they have hope. They, they but may not have... Part, isn't that a part of them that's good? No. Well, it's, maybe it's a half of 1%? No. Well, how's evil going to recognize good then and, and want to be part of it? No man is good but God. And so we have a little bit of God inside of us too. And it's his nature that's good. And then you have Satan, the ruler, who causes you to do the things you don't want to do and won't allow you to do the things that you want to do because you're separated from God. He is controlling you. It's not you controlling you. That's his nature through and through that controlling you. Yeah, you're not in control. Getting is the, the thirst to be... Speaking to the mic for The thirst... Let him hold it for you so you don't have to worry about trying to put it. <laughs> Give me back to him. The, the thirst uh, of, 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 of wanting to be good is the hope. Is, is the hope. But that's not good. That's not good. That's nothing good. That is good, but it's not you. You're just playing with words here, I think. <laughs> so you think you have some good in you? I don't know if I have any good in me, but, uh, uh, you know, the... The, I do know the way, you know, I do know about all the nonsense, the noise and the evil. I know that I don't want to be that for sure. Right. And so um, 
I do acts of goodness that I think are good w with with people, yeah. and, and I don't want anything for it. I just do it. I uh, don't want any thanks. Don't want anything. Uh, but you do acts of good. You do acts of good for people that you think are good. No, I do acts of good for people. Period. And you think that is good? Um. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's very, very, very interesting. And I'm only telling you this as a, hopefully as a witness. In the last 22 years, I've never done anything for anyone I thought it was a good thing. I didn't think it was bad either, but I didn't think it was a good thing. I just saw a need that needed to be met, and I did it. But you don't go around thinking that you're doing acts of good for, you know, Unless you operate from that human nature, you don't go around thinking that you're doing acts of good, but you're just seeing needs that need to be met, and you're meeting them as you see them, because 99.999.9% of the time, if you think it's good, it's bad. It's wrong. Because, let me tell you why it's wrong. Well, you see, because you see we what, don't, let me one say, sees what needs to be done in the moment, and they do it. That's all I'm saying. But we don't know what good is. And so if you think it's good, then it's not good. It's that only God knows good, right? And most of the time when we give and do things and, and think of it as good, it's really puffing up. And also, it wasn't good. Okay, listen to what I'm saying again. <laughs> and, and hurry because to, I want to get to some other you people. You see what needs to be done and you do it. I didn't say it was good. I just see... But you say you I thought see. it was good. Pardon me? You said you thought it was good. It was the thing Speak to do. Speak into the mic. It was the thing to do. Do me a favor. Hold on. Let him hold the mic for us. Because you're not. And we really need to get it on the mic. <clears throat> Go ahead. You're not listening to what I'm saying, so I'm not going to tell you. You're not, <laughs> you're not listening. I am listening. You see what you see. You see what what needs to be done in the moment. You do it. You don't necessarily think it's good. It's just what you do in that moment. I'm saying the same thing you are. Only I don't have a building to do it in. Let me do, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> and I heard this about a family. And you don't know this family, so don't try to figure it out. <laughs> All right? And we're running out of time. Can you believe this? I haven't even gotten to the little notes I made about these scriptures that I wanted to share with you. Um, I know this family, the daughter is an alcoholic. And the daughter put a device on her car uh, that would, if she gets in the car driving and, and she's been drinking, the car won't start. Isn't that a great idea? I wish I had thought of that. I'd be rich. And, and, and so sometimes the daughter get in, uh, can't drive the car. So this lady, her parents let her drive their car to work so that she won't lose the job. And the parents think that that's an act of good. Would you say that that's good? Uh, I don't understand the question. Oh. Well, we'll come back to you on it, because I'm running out. I got one minute. Let me, let me get right here really fast. He hasn't said anything. I just want to. Oh, is something wrong with your mic? Okay. And then I, I, I'll get back to you, too. Man, this is so good. No, behind you. Uh, from what I've uh, heard 
was read, what you were saying, and what little I spelled in the Bible just a few minutes ago, uh, I have to speak of myself. Yes. So um, what I think I, I saw and heard was that what's going on in me is I'm, I'm, I'm allowing the, the, um, my human nature trump my spirit. Yes, sir. And so um, I don't know why I was tracking that this, this morning when you said that. It just all came clear. And when you go down further, I think around the 26th verse of, of, of Proverbs, it speaks of about prayer. If you don't know how Speaking to pray, to the microphone. if you don't know how to pray properly, the Holy Spirit would come in and help you. With That's your right. I, I wanted to mention that too. If you don't know how to pray, don't worry about it. Just be still, and the Holy Spirit will intercede on your behalf, because we really don't know what to pray for. We don't know what to ask for or anything, and He would do it for you. God gave in that love that He would even give you a spirit that would pray. Uh, on your behalf. Do you still have the mic? No, I don't. I, I need the mic with him. Okay, right. Now I want you to finish that point uh, real fast. That was good. That's good. I don't want to say too much. Hold on a minute. Hold on. I want to ask you. Oh. Um, you write about the human nature, right? And you write about the thing that we have the spirit to pray for us. And when the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, Satan don't understand what's going on. But when you're like praying with words, he's picking up everything that you're saying and feeding it back to you, making you feel good about your prayer. I heard a woman praying this morning on the radio. It was so vain. They were having a little church service. She's like, oh, mighty Lord, heavenly Father, <laughs> look upon us, Lord, and then touch us. And, and I'm like, shut up, lady. <laughs> All vain prayer in the church going, yeah, amen. Oh, like, Lord, help us, Jesus. But you're right, it's that human nature. Nature, and most people operated from the human nature, even Christians are doing it because they have not died from that identity, from that ego spirit. Well, I know that's what my problem is. If you know that, you're on your way. Yeah, I know that. Don't do anything else about it, but watch it and don't resent seeing it. Okay. All right? Okay. It's going to be painful because when the light is shining on it, it's not going to. It's not going to want to die. Yes. But just let the light shine on it, and it will die. God will do the work for you. Okay. The human nature does not want to die. I understand. It really is painful to die. Thank you. All right. Yes. Yes, Ken. Yeah, I have a couple uh, comments. One, I think what Susan said was pretty interesting about trying to get a feeling, <laughs> feeling out of reading. I think on the very back side of that feeling is the idea of like the pleasure and pain principle. You know, where there's pleasure, there's also pain. But I think it also relates to what we're talking about here in terms of like what Forrest is talking about, where people try to judge something as good because they're trying to get a feeling out of what they're doing. And they want to be able to judge themselves and say, I did good or I yes. did bad. We're not supposed to judge anything. And that's Do you find yourself going through that at times? No. no. Not at I, all? I, I see the, the dynamics of it. And I think it's, it's, it's fascinating. But yeah. If you really, really want to have a, uh, an exciting life, and I, and I don't mean excitement, but a, a joy. I don't mean emotional joy, but a, a, a gratefulness. Watch yourself to see what's going on and watch how you're changing. You'll be thinking, wow, life is something else. It's like it's so amazing how God allows you to see the dynamic of evil and also of love. It's really, really, really interesting. 
But you got to keep your eyes on yourself. You, you want to become, uh, a, you want a, a spiritual life. You don't want a, a human nature life. You really don't. You want to be born again. It's right at hand. You just need to wake up. It's right at hand. But you got to keep an eye on yourself and be honest about self. And then watch that ego, which is of Satan, even while you're trying to be honest about stuff, it really don't want it. It tries not to allow you to be honest because he want to keep you in hell. He really does. So he's going to constantly be working on you, telling you how wonderful you are. This is a great thing you did. Help this poor soul and feel good about it. You want to lay down that human nature. You really, really do. And, and I especially, I'm especially talking to the Christians because they have studied the Bible, they know the scriptures, and they feel puffed up, they feel good, while at the same time they're losing their families, they're losing their friendships, they're losing their relationships, they're losing the country. We need to wake up. It's a spiritual battle. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you guys and ladies. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already